Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of Middle of the Row, the podcast. This week, we're going to be looking at the films of Ryan Johnson, the director of The Last Jedi, which comes out this weekend. Um, To get hyped for that, I propose to my three co-hosts that we watch his first three films, which is in honor of an old article that I've done a few times for our site, and I think I've actually freelanced it a couple times. Um, But yeah, three films in, we look at the director's first three films. In Ryan Johnson's case, it's his only three other films. Uh, And those films are Brick, The Brothers Bloom, and Looper. Um, It's been a while since he's had a release. When did Looper come out? Like 20 2012. 2012 um but i'm happy to have that delay if the last jedi turns out to be as good as his three previous films are all right and with that let's jump into looper uh looper is ryan johnson's most recent film it came out when 2012 2012 2012 so that's five years ago now um Looper stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. And Bruce Willis Bruce, and uh, Emily Blunt. Thanks for stealing my job. Um, and, okay. Uh, <laughs> it is a sci-fi, maybe. And Bruce Willis and Emily Blunt. Maybe a oh. time travel movie. Have you heard the argument that some people don't even think and it's a time travel Paul movie? And also Paul Dano. Paul Dano is good and is he comes in and is <laughs> And also Piper Perabo and Jeff Daniels. Oh, Jeff Daniels. Wait, who's 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 Piper Perabo? Coyote Ugly, hello. (laughs) Um, But it was kind of funny. Speaking of Paul Dano, I was I totally was this. I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't seen him since he had a farting corpse with Daniel Radcliffe. Oh gosh, I still have to see Swiss Army Man. (laughs) It's It's pretty good. Um, uh, but yeah, Looper. Came out was a pretty big hit for Ryan Johnson. Um, I think all of his previous works helped him get this Star Wars gig, but I think it has like an eighty-four Metascore. <clears throat> yeah, the uh, but this movie was actually and one of my biggest. I, I've I've grown to like this movie. I always really liked it, but I've appreciated it more and more each time I see it. I think, but this I agree. this movie yeah. also was. He made a a relatively cheap movie look really, really big. But part of me thinks that is one of the weak points of this movie is that it it is just a little. It feels like he wants to. If he would have had a say, he had a Star Wars budget on this movie, the world building could have been blown. I don't know. Um, the movie works as is, I, but I, it it just yeah, feels like it could have been like a Blade Runner. Yeah, it feels like he was like, on that, the edge. God no. Of he was on the edge of... He does a great job at world building. That's actually... was always my favorite part of this movie. And um, anybody who's seen the film, it does take this... Uh, at basically the halfway point, it becomes a completely different movie set on this farm and introduces a whole new set of char- two characters that are very important to the story. But um, I always took the back half of the movie... Um, always I, I just wanted to see more of the first half of the movie uh set in that world that was always one of my bigger complaints with looper and um 
But now we'll just stop the movie halfway <laughs> through and restart it. It's fitting with the theme. But um, I do think the back half does work amazingly well. And after seeing it a few times over the years, and though I'm not sure I love the ending, I would say that might be my weak point. For the, not the actual ending, but the way the execution of the ending. Um, but we can get into that a little bit later. What did everybody else think about Looper? Oh, I was waiting for Ben to say it's his favorite time travel movie or whatever. Sci-fi. Well, it is. It is my favorite time travel Terminator movie. Terminator 2. Oh, man, so. I, I would give it to maybe Back to the Edge of Tomorrow, a different Emily Blunt movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I mean, I think it's more like straightforward time travel. Like, Ooh, I don't know if I'd use um, those phrases. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, so Terminator 2 doesn't focus on the elements of time travel that much. It's just like Terminator goes back and that's that. As opposed to... That's Looper way more straightforward. More... <laughs> okay, okay, but I, I like Looper asks more questions about it, and I think it, it does a great job of explicitly says, "Don't it, ask any of those questions." Exactly. Yeah. But it, 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 Which but that's is not I'm a saying. good thing it to basically... do. Because <laughs> that just makes you focus on it more. <laughs> no, to me, to me, it was perfect. It's like, okay, here's the bare minimum you need to know, and that's it. It doesn't spend. A ton of time explaining the rules of time travel. I'm with Lauren. Um, I, I, it got me just thinking about it more. But okay, well, I really liked it. Um, it's just an excuse to do things like incorrectly. I think it's also quote unquote one incorrectly because we don't know how time travel it's, works. <laughs> it's also one of my favorite just sci-fi movies. I would say in the past decade, I'd put uh, Blade Runner, uh, Looper. Or Blade Runner 2049, Looper, and District 9 are probably my favorite three. I think all of those are fantastic. Wait, you said time uh, travel or sci-fi? Sci- these are sci-fi. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm also a big fan of Bruce Willis. That is, I am biased in that regard. Um, but I'm a I big also, fan of Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing Bruce Willis. <laughs> Yeah, and the, the, the makeup they did for him is amazing. Amazingly distracting. I was reading... <laughs> um, so, was I the only one who didn't think he looked... Like, he kind of looked like he a looked, younger just, Bruce I think Willis. he looked enough like him, but I think Joseph don't, Gordon-Levitt... Don't do that to Joseph Gordon-Levitt's face, man. <laughs> but the, the, the makeup isn't what makes... Joseph Gordon-Levitt's performance, like... Oh, All yeah. of his little There's nuances. There's no need for the prosthetics. The, the nuances, like the looks he gives people. his deli- I mean, he is incredible. Even his like speech changes yeah. to be more like Bruce Willis. The scene there where they're running through after, or they're like running through uh, once he's turning in the, the bounty, basically, and his friend shows up, the way he's kind of looking down on him a little bit, like that kind of, he's squints almost a little bit that's exactly like when a bruce willis is looking down on you kind of uh look oh yeah so, he had the I, mannerisms I like down pat so that's why you don't Ex- need the yeah. nose because like there's a scene where they're sitting in the diner looking at each other and it's like oh yeah their noses are similar but wait they have different earlobes they're not the same person it's like because <laughs> they did that much to make him look like him it makes the other things that keep them separate Bruce like, Willis stick out was to missing me. a piece of his earlobe that was had a band-aid well, on no, it. No, but I'm talking Joseph about Gordon Joseph Gordon-Levitt has attached earlobes and Bruce Willis <laughs> does not. <laughs> so I I honestly couldn't say I saw any types of similarities between 
him and in terms of how he looked and his mannerisms or anything like that i could see some vague kind of similarities okay, well, but all three of us are gonna judge could, you now <laughs> i couldn't pick up on it at all so i don't i don't know you need to, to watch some more bruce willis movies mm-hmm. that, that, do you know what that could be true i'm due for a rewatching of die hard anytime soon i feel like joseph gordon levitt studied pulp fiction for his Bruce Willis performance, to be honest with like, you. Like, I, yeah, I think he did study yeah, Bruce Willis. Um, I'm pretty sure he said he did. Yes, but I, I mean, that, that's where I feel like he, he's that era Bruce Willis. That performance really sticks out in my brain. Oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> John. Yes. Like it or didn't like it? <laughs> I liked it. Uh, I'm not as on it as most people are. I think it was a really cool... Uh, sci-fi, time travel, noir. Like I think it combined all those aspects pretty well. Um, I like how it went from. I think in the first half of the movie, you were supposed to be on Bruce Willis' side and like cheering for his character, and then it switched nope, it at JGL about halfway. You were actually like, "Oh no, Bruce Willis is actually kind of the villain in this," he, and uh, you're actually cheering for. He killed a kid. For... He's the villain in this. <laughs> well, okay, he's really, really bad about it's, it. It's pretty clear. Yeah, but that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't make it not a terrible thing. But Bruce, but Joseph Gordon, young uh, Joe, is just as selfish and assholey as old Joe is. I mean, they're both. They're both. Yeah, I think that's why I don't think either yeah, of them are likable. Shitty people. But there's a reason in yeah. prison why prisoners pick on people who hurt children it's like they're the worst of the worst he was trying to save everybody and just himself see i i know he was just trying to bring his wife back yeah i weirdly still kind of root for old joe all the way through like i was totally down with him killing the kid and getting rid of the rainmaker that's why you don't have children (laughs) (laughs) so does it zach does this mean i'm gonna recruit you eventually for the uh cersei 2020 <laughs> yeah. campaign just remember <laughs> yeah, all her's, all a strong proponent of, of child murder sprees apparently i don't like that kid he was uh, i don't like angry children i work with small Doesn't children mean you like should that kill oh my God. i don't know when they're gonna be a fucking murderer that kills everybody in the town okay this explains you, this a lot why question. you hate should you this kill is why Hitler? you hate logan <laughs> I think this is why, actually, this is why that second part of the movie is so effective and so compelling because you see the relationship that's built between uh, Joseph Gordon Lovett and Emily Blunt and her son. And this idea that he's seeing and he connects the dots, and it's a piece of exposition that kind of just blatantly lays it down on the line for you, uh, or like wears it on its sleeve for you, but it's built up all the parts before it so it still doesn't feel cheap or doesn't feel genuine this idea that he's making the connections between what happened to his story and what could be in the future for this kid's story and he does what he can he makes this altruistic excuse me sacrifice in order to prevent that and i think i think that was one thing that i loved about this story and i did i do kind of I'm a sucker for those kinds of endings, but whenever someone puts themselves on the line for someone else and where they can't uh, get anything in return or experience any of the joy from that as a result, like a basic kind of Christ-like sacrifice, I think that's awesome. And I I really uh, am compelled by that. So I love that aspect of it because for all intents and purposes, 
Zach's not wrong. Like, this kid is a douchebag to yeah, start with. Yeah, he's named Sid. Throws all these <laughs> That's not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> true, he calls true. his mom throws- Sarah. Creepy kids always use the first name. Granted, he didn't think she was his mom, but still. I mean, but the thing is, he's also a kid who's been through some serious trauma. Like, he has a power he can't control, and he accidentally... Murdered his mom. Yeah, well, <laughs> the person he thought... And it, but it wasn't, aunt. like, intent... It was... Neither... And, he rec- and, and I loved that... And again, we recognize that. And we recognize that not just as an audience member, but through the eyes of Joseph and Gordon Levitt seeing that, well, because of everything that happened in my past, that put me on this path to where I am and arguably put my future self on the path that they were on. I would, ar- I and... would argue that Joseph Gordon Levitt killing himself doesn't guarantee the Rainmaker doesn't <laughs> still happen. See, I would say that. And I agree with that, except for the fact that instead of blacking out at the end of the movie, it goes to white. So I'm saying that means happy ending all the way. But then it also, and then, and then the other thing is, I think I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt not only Joseph Gordon-Levitt realizes that, or Young Joe realizes that, the thing that makes him go bad. He was already is, bad. He's already angry. He the, the yeah, but he the the who does he who does when he first rises to power who's the first people he the first group of people no he I understand about? the logic Loopers. of the, the 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 fact that his, he didn't have a mother is the reason that he goes bad in the original old Joe timeline but it's not just that it's just seeking it's seeking revenge yeah like he but he's so it's he like clearly if he doesn't already have anyone has to an seek established re- rage issue though but if he doesn't seek revenge on anyone you know maybe it's and I, I think it's, you know, it's a it's a risk worth taking, you know? Yep. If he dies, so what? He's a shitty person. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know. I was rooting for old Joe to get his wife back. I don't know. I've, See, I I've don't, still always been on that side. That's something that confuses me. It's like, because he had those numbers, so he was going to come back anyway, right? So it's like, uh, no, how is he supposed No, those numbers, the guy gave it to him. Wasn't that wasn't, or, wasn't that in the them. future or was that in the current? That moment? was in the future. That was, yeah, that was the future. Well, that means that the, he was going to come back regardless of like, and, why come back if you're this gung ho about your wife living? And the like, idea if you about want your him, wife that much, clearly he doesn't love her not, that much. <laughs> yeah, and it's not him just wanting her to be safe. It's him wanting her to be with him. Like Young Joe even says, like you know, if if you don't meet her. She's totally safe. But he's like, no, nah, I'd rather kill three kids instead. Yeah, well, they're both selfish assholes, too. But Exactly. So I liked this movie, now that you guys have asked for my opinion. <laughs> uh... hey, there was a long pause earlier that I probably edited it out where you could have spoken up first. Just saying. Yeah, but I was ready for John to start talking about important things for a while, because he's smart. <laughs> Aww. Don't let it go. I to have your to head. suck up. Wait, you seem wait, you've, you you've saying, been very nitpicky. Are you saying though. Zach and I aren't smart? Is that is that what you're saying? Oh, that's a given. Lauren, you've been very oh. nitpicky. You've been picking the nits at the fringes here, but you are a fan of the movie. Oh, I love the movie, but my my main big problem where uh you know earlier Ben was saying that the time travel is all straightforward. It's like why in the old man timeline, before timeline exists, does he 
he kills Bruce Willis and then goes on to become an old man. So, well, but, yeah. But that shouldn't happen because that's the first time this has ever happened. Unless we're going into... No, like, we're, we're watching the second time. No, that was the first time. No, you see, no, with the I don't I I understand the first time we see old Joe come back is mm-hmm. when he's broken out. But we've been watching the second version of this play out essentially. We've been watching the second part because then it flashes to the original. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. When yeah. it flashes to the original, in that it makes it feel like an alternate timeline because in that reality. Joseph Gordon-Levitt has this job that should not exist yet. And he kills Bruce Willis and goes on to become old Bruce Willis. Which is very confusing. Uh, Yeah, in the Wikipedia entry for this article, <laughs> it says... Uh, See, John really did timeline... just read Wikipedia. He has not seen this movie. <laughs> it says in an alternate timeline, we see... Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. actually I think killed. It, I but think it's not an resolved. alternate timeline. Which it's supposed I think you, to be I think the you, first time th- it ever happens, but it doesn't make sense. I, but then I think you can make the argument that we are watching the third time and the second time. Well, that's time what I'm saying. When... It gets into this well, like I mean, mind-breaking if... question of, is this <laughs> all really not... a loop that just keeps happening over and over? Well, what if what if the, the first the first old Joe that gets killed isn't brought back the same way by the same person? It's just that loop was closed for for a different reason like his contract ran out his loop was closed uh and then it was the second the, the first young joe that killed the first old joe he's the one who pisses off rainmaker no he's the one that falls in love with his wife so the, no, the first yeah, the first yeah, old yeah. joe that came back might not have lived the life that we get to see in just just Ex- putting it out there an amazing montage like is speaking of exactly. that montage, why does he not go to Paris? Well, montage. I think it was implied. Cause he, well, because he was told to go to yeah, China. Yeah, but yeah. he's so gung ho about going to Paris, and he clearly loves to do what he wants to do. I think some sort of world event that we don't get to see has happened. To no, Paris. you want to know the main reason? It's because yes, Paris, was yes, Paris was too expensive. Yes, Paris was too expensive. That's Be- it. Beijing tax breaks. It was a really good joke. Or maybe, though. It was or a really maybe good he joke. just feels such guilt over uh, what's his name, his friend, that he just kind of is like, "I'm not." Oh, that's I another thing. Deserve. It's like he sells out his best friend for money but he's going to give this prostitute all his money who does not love him or care about him at all it's because yeah. of the it's because of the guilt he's like you are a monster joseph gordon love it <laughs> he is he's an awful person <laughs> oh but that does lead to one of the best scenes in a movie what movie like, what what scene where when he sells out paul dano and old oh, paul yeah. dano starts oh, losing yeah. all his yeah. limbs oh my god i could not watch that again i watched it's it the amazing. first time in theaters Every time since then, I've skipped it because it just, that's like the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. It's so good. Although it does lead to a call. It leads to a moment later where Joseph Gordon-Levitt leads or does that thing to his arm to Bruce Mm -hmm. Willis, except he should not know about that at all. It's just like, oh, they randomly came up well, with the same idea I to think, do the same th- exact arrow th- down to a writing. I think it was implied well, that they've the done that before. For catching. Yeah, they've, they've, yeah, he Paul Dano wasn't the, was the okay, first person How often that, do people get away? Enough that Apparently they... a lot. That's another thing that bothered me. I don't care away. if you see Bruce Willis's egghead. 
It's like he was with the montage of him killing people. It was like blink and you miss the shot. The guy shows up. He's dead. It's like, but suddenly he pauses. Well, I don't know. The arms out, the arms out, the head. I don't know. I don't know. I still think it would have been like a, after the fact, he would have been like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think Paul Dano's excuse is a better one. Oh no. Paul Dano's works because we don't know if he's that fast at his job. Yeah. We do see one say, guy. We do see one guy who closes his loop, right? Uh, no, we see numerous guys close their loop because it's like a there's like a fire sale going off in the. Here's movie. the other thing, though, is Bruce Willis right, is late, okay. so Joseph Young Joe is like, "What's going on?" He's already, well, that would make sense if he was looking down at his watch when he came through, but he wasn't. But, but I think he was. I think he wasn't in that like that time. He wasn't in his his rhythm was off. I think I you can know, give man. that a bigger excuse. I can think that's a good enough excuse. Yeah, because he was already feeling guilty about about his friend, so it's like I think you're putting really too much credit on his feelings for his friend. <laughs> I agree. He didn't give a fuck about it. The fact him. that he was going to throw half his money away over that. I mean, no, he wasn't. He, threw, he was going to do it because like he felt bad, not because of what he did to his friend. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He He's doing guilty. it to make himself feel better. That's just selfish. Exactly. John wanted to say something. I, well, it kind of harps back to the scenes that you guys were talking about when we saw Paul Dano's character and his old self. Um, all of that felt, at first, I was just like, why are we even like dealing with this? Like, I want to get back to JGL and Bruce Willis. But then after watching it, I was just like, no, this is actually so, or after thinking about it, this is such a powerful world building, yeah. actually, uh, exercise because it know lets you know the ju- stakes. You know how it, it feels about world building, it, guys. <laughs> it, it flushes out pun intended uh what's at stake for jgl if he doesn't close his loop and what is the I, pun? i actually flesh what was, is that a reference loose. don't worry to? about it losing your flesh all the flesh that he was losing okay uh, it's like time out no pun okay. intended guys they're clocks that exist <laughs> 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 um, no, I mean that to, 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 to talk to jump on that point. Ryan, oh, no, Johnson, let him finish his thought. Oh, that I mean that was essentially it. the idea that we got this extended scene of seeing old Paul Dano kind of slowly deteriorating, and in the end, it's one of the most memorable scenes of the movie, and as it doesn't even include the main actors, and I think that's a, that's a powerful thing to say for yeah. Ryan Ryan Johnson is just great at plotting a movie out, and um, I'd be I'm I'm curious um, how well that translates to episode eight because um, of the oh, I think of the brief couple of tweets that I've seen. Um, there I have seen some people be a little picky with some of the plotting in the middle of the movie, but. Um, and there's someone that is talking right now that could tell me later, but um, you're the only one talking. You're gonna talk to yourself well, later. That's talked today that could <laughs> tell me later, but um, I think in all three of his films that we're discussing here, uh, I mean, his ability to tell a plot, plant the seeds. Uh, I mean, it's it's he's just so no pun good intended, guys. There's a field of crops. <laughs> <laughs> But at the same time, all these films, and we'll get into Brothers Bloom in a second. No, we already talked about kind of... that one. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Time travel, guys. It exists. <laughs> um, but all of these films sort of 
there's still a non-traditional like they feel kind of quirky in that like lauren you said it earlier in their own ryan johnson kind of yeah i'm not saying it's traditional they feel kind of saying it works it just everything works so well oh no for for sure but it's it's gonna be weird i still even the the last star wars film it was it was still a very traditional force awakens or rogue one and so force awakens and so it's interesting for me to see how this this director and writer who has done these really quirky films with kind of curious plot storylines that kind of jump all over the place it'll be interesting for me to see how he handles a movie where supposedly it just has to go from point a to point b um well well so yeah okay i I don't want to get in the last jedi but according to ryan johnson he had no restrictions on what he got to make his own movie nobody said he had to get end in a certain point he could have killed anybody he wanted to um yeah he he did make his own movie apparently with the last jedi he wasn't just coming in and writing the script (laughs) for a predestined plot he had no. He had. They didn't give him any direction nope, for the that's plot. What he says. I mean, Colin Trevorrow got fired from Episode Nine because he fucking sucked and couldn't bring a movie together. Apparently, that <laughs> like he. It wasn't like Colin Trevorrow had to come in and write the pieces for the plot they already laid out. Uh, he apparently was going to have his own. He could do his own thing, and that's why he got fired. Basically, he couldn't do something that they thought was good. But back to these movies, yes. so I don't feel awkward. <laughs> uh, I'll just say Johnson, like with these movies, it feels like he's the king of a lot of those movies. Where, like, if this didn't happen, this movie couldn't exist. Because it's like, why do they have to close their own loop? <laughs> just send them back to a different guy. In that way, the mob in the future doesn't have to give away all their gold. Yeah, I also don't yeah, get why kinda, they, I, why they yeah. retire these guys after their loops closed either. Like, what what's the advantage there? Yeah, exactly. Don't tell them about this time travel stuff. Just hire him in. Well, I mean, I guess people blink into existence, so they have to know something. <laughs> Which, P.S., I want to be a, like a fly on the wall for the first time someone comes back in time Jeff and like Daniels. explains this plan that he wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who was like, yeah, all right, we can do that. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely from the future. We totally believe you. Oh, you want us to kill all these people and burn bobby- bodies in random fire furnace ga- places? I can't use words right now. I'm just, just like, <laughs> what is this furnace out in the middle of nowhere doing? Yeah, did they have to bring Bruce Willis back to America to send him back in time? That's a good question. Are there, like, mob th- bases in every main country? Well, think- How many countries exist <laughs> well, 25 the, years from I now? I got the impression that these guys were appearing... In the same spot. Like, it wasn't sending them to a spot. Like, specific like, spots for specific teleporters. Oh, no, yeah. no, like, no. No, no like, like everyone, spot. It, like, everyone showed up in that cornfield? Well, ev- no, everybody that showed up in that cornfield. So the building that we see Bruce Willis go into for the, the time travel machine, that's in the same cornfield. Oh, okay, cornfield. when he's kidnapped. Yes. Oh, okay. So I'm wondering if they had to bring him all the way back to New- to Kansas from China. To send that them seems back like to a lot of work. Luke. I know. Just shoot the guy. Maybe they also have teleportation in <laughs> oh, the future. Oh yeah. And it's illegal. Everything's illegal. Yep. Uh, Super illegal. Um, 
we did not really talk about the farm or the kid in Emily Blunt. Let's get into that. Well, you hated the kid. We know that much. I like to compare him to X-23 from Logan just because they have the best, like, most hilarious glares. It's like this kid, there's this moment where what, the um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt makes the fire truck go off and the kid, like, looks up at the ceiling because he's waiting to hear if Emily Blunt woke up and then when he looks back down at Joseph Gordon-Levitt with just daggers in his eyes, like, you idiot. It's like, the kid might not be the best character in the movie, but I thought that little kid was adorable and did a great job. I don't know. I think yeah, I think I, Ryan I, Johnson I, wrote him a little too clever for his age. I don't know. That's well, my I complaint. Think, I think he's, yeah, he's supposed I mean, to be he's a like, prodigy. Yeah, he's like a genius as well as the best psychic out there. Or not psychic, telepath. Not telepath. Oh my god. Telekinetic. Yes, thank you. TK. <laughs> Which PS? I keep saying PS now. I love that telekinesis is just coin tricks. Yeah. It's like oh, we finally great. got superpowers, but also they suck. <laughs> yeah, and I like how they bring it back to how Emily Blunt is like fucking with guys at the bar. Yeah, too. that was great. Yeah, by holding their coins mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Which earlier in a text, you said this was the first movie you ever liked Emily Blunt in. Was this also the first movie you ever saw her in? Yeah, she's been good in everything no, it's not... ever. <laughs> well, it's just like I hadn't really... It's like I think... She was the breakout in Devil Wears Prada. Well, okay, well, I'm just saying, like, for movies, I think late 2008 is when I started kind of paying attention to who was in movies. And I think... Looper was the first one I saw that had Emily Blunt in it at that point. I may have seen stuff before. I just had you didn't seen know the Adjustment her. Bureau because she was great in that. It was the year before this. I have not seen that. Mm. Not a great movie, but she was good. I enjoyed it, but I have also not seen it a second time, <laughs> so it might not hold. Um, I mean, I think that's just like I I hadn't seen. Or don't remember seeing stuff with her in well, it. Well, I, I just suggest really you look into other stuff because she's great. And she, yeah, and it's like I except um, you can pass on the Wolfman. <laughs> I actually liked Wolfman. I'm not gonna lie. I should have uh, expected as much. <laughs> um, Sunshine cleaning. That's a good one. I also one. I also thought she was amazing in um, what's the Tom Cruise one? Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We've already referenced I, it today. Yeah. As my Has anyone Emily seen Blunt Sicario? Someone has had to have seen Sicario. Is Sicario good? Sicario's great. Yes. Is it getting a sequel? Isn't she's it? great in that yes, too. Yes, but she's yes. not in it. Oh, boo. What? It's, a, it's about I haven't Del seen Toro. Sicario yet, so no It's spoilers. about Del Toro and um, Brolin. Brolin. Yes, still love Brolin. Okay. But yeah, I, I loved Emily Blunt in Looper. Uh, See, I also I didn't loved, think she got uh, enough to do. And I also loved Garrett Dillahunt the for the little right. bit he had. I always liked Garrett Dillahunt, so I was really happy to see him again. I think she, uh, to go back to Emily Blunt, I think she he was a... He was the guy who held her hostage. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I like him. I, I didn't know his he's, name, sorry. He's one of those guys that you don't, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's great on the Mindy Project. Um, and he's also great in, oh my god, what's that, Raising Hope. Um, he was also good in the first season of that show with Ron Perlman, um, Hand of God. I haven't seen the second um, season. To defend Emily Blunt a little bit. She only gets half a movie to make herself known. And I think she does a great job. Well, yeah, but plenty of people do good with half movies. And I'm yeah, not but, saying but she I did th- poorly. No, I'm but I think she does a great job of giving herself a whole character. Like, she... Oh, I know. 100%. I'm just saying, she could have been given more. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... 
Yeah, it's not. It's not like it's. It was a problem of hers. It was just she. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, we we did, I don't think we yeah. need Kid Blue in this movie, and uh, I did not. I don't. I think he's definitely the weak link of this movie for sure. And he's basically. I just like how he kept fucking so he up. Can, yeah, but he's basically in the movie to throw wrenches into them getting caught and stuff, and then he dies very, very cheaply. Well, that was one of my favorite scenes. There was like, no way he wasn't gonna it, die cheaply. Did you watch his life? Well, but but I mean, like well, he only shows up <laughs> so Bruce Willis can get away, and it, it's just very. I don't know. The, 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 that's where I meant so the he's execution a plot of the ending. Yes, he's very much a plot device. But Emily Blunt, I think, is just fantastic, though. She does. Oh no, I still love her. I I'm know, just saying, it's kind but... of no. I just want to further elaborate. It's kind of like how you say there's two parts to the movie, mm-hmm. and so it's like you have the first part, and then there's this very separate part that's like I just love her so much. I wish she could be included in everything. Okay, I see. But it doesn't saying. make sense to the movie. I love that she <laughs> takes advantage of Joseph Gordon Lovett having a penis and just gets it in. With oh, with him the frogs, yeah. And just uh, she's just like needs that human touch, and it's not romantic. It's not like I like we fell in love two minutes like, later. She took advantage of his penis. What the? You said something about the frogs. Then I was like, wait, I'm missing a connection here. <laughs> like, what kind of no. foreplay is this? Um, <laughs> I, yeah, she's really great. Yeah, on and... the one hand, I was going to argue about it's like kind of with the first movie we talked about how there's just a random sex scene, but it makes sense. She's been alone on this yeah. farm forever. Yeah. So, And I think it works more because it's not like, oh, she's magically in love with the guy. Yeah. You know, like. No, it's uh, just it was a desperate, you know, well, not desperate, but uh, primal almost. Did anyone feel weird when she stroked his hair at the end? Because that's something his mother does. And I had this brief, like, yeah, oh my god, time travel. That what if weird. it was his mom? Wait, that no, it's was... not. Calm down, Lauren. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I did too. But it was it's supposed to imply that this little stroke is going to make the Rainmaker not the Rainmaker. Because that's I just thought stupid. it was supposed to imply that she appreciated what he did. And she did care about him some way. So, it, I don't know. It made you feel good inside. It's like, a, I'll never forget what you did for us. But also, kind of thank you for all this gold that you left me right here. <laughs> that too. It was an accident, wasn't it? Oh, it wasn't in purpose, but it yeah. was still his money. That's another... Uh, when I to, to talk on one little nitpick thing I still had. Like, the scene where Bruce Willis shoots up the club. Again, that was a, it was a really cool scene, but it felt, like, hamstrung by the budget. Like, that's where it, like... Uh, uh, yeah like the grenade the grenades going off you don't see any yeah, of yeah. it oh, i was uh, fine with that because then after the scene the next time you see bruce willis he's just he's, covered it's blood. like he's like it was a white shirt but seriously it's so bloody that you're like oh it's yeah. not a red shirt it is a white shirt oh my god i didn't i i don't understand how he got that much blood on him he was he asked, a lot it totally should have been brown by then yes, reference to the last movie we talked about yeah future past that future movie <laughs> Um, okay, does anybody else have anything else they'd like to say about Looper? Uh, I feel like I do. Oh well, we can move on. Go see this movie, it's amazing! Nothing, Lauren? Um, I just wanted to say that we, you might not like the kid, but I thought him bursting a guy was awesome. Oh yeah, that is awesome. It felt very X-Men 3. That's an amazing sequence. Um, Yeah. It's like, oh, he just got Professor X'd. Well, I love when she's running, uh, Emily Blunt's running, and she grabs Joseph oh, Gordon-Levitt. Yes, she's I love that. Her kid. 
And he's just got this look of like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, you're like, where, oh, she's gonna, take- she's gonna catch her son. Oh no, she's protecting Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> and he's just got this look of bewilderment, like, what? I will say another com- or another complaint about Emily Blunt's character. She falls a lot. <laughs> like she trips over her feet so many times. It's like, is this a horror film, guys? Um. Like, I know she's running from the bad guy, but come thank on. God, there were, there, God, there were no dark alleys, you mm-hmm. know? She runs straight into him. Um, so that's going to do it for Looper. Uh, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me at Zach Oldenburg on Twitter and Letterboxd and other social media places. You can read our readings at middleofrow.com. And you should subscribe to our podcast so you get all the bonus episodes, the non-bonus episodes, the Star Wars episodes. Get all the episodes. You can do that on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. I think that's it. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can follow me on Twitter at, at the Grigsby Bear, or you can find us on Facebook at Middle of Row or Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at another Rahul J. You can also follow us on Twitter, and excuse me, where you'll get updates for when we post reviews or podcast episodes, and that's at Middle of Row. And I am Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. And uh, remember, the best seats are in the middle of the row. <laughs> <laughs>